Welcome to Awaken Your Soul, the show which brings you inspiring, empowering, and sometimes, quite frankly, mind-blowing conversations about life, death, and everything in between. This is a place which will open up your mind and take your soul for a spin. My name is Agnes and I'm your host. Let's begin this dance. I am so excited that you're here and I hope that you are enjoying the podcast so far and if you do I would love for you to subscribe rate and review it that would be amazing and I would be very grateful and this week we have another very special guest her name is Tulsi Bagnoli and what Tulsi does is very unique as she is a Vedic astrologer and Tulsi has incredible knowledge about the Vedic astrology and the science and the art of it about like planets and all those things which really play such a big role in the moment we are born and the 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 wisdom which is in that it's incredible i had the pleasure to have a session with tulsi when she prepared the the chart and it was really mind-blowing we'll be talking a little bit more about that during the conversation but tulsi is also a fourth generation meditator who has been practicing yoga and meditation since the age of four and teaching it throughout the United States and India. She's very passionate about the practice of living yoga and helping people awaken to untapped energy that flows within us. And I have to say that what I loved about Tulsi is that she's so passionate with her art and all her knowledge to really help people. But also I could tell that she's living what she's teaching. And when we met, we met in one of my favorite places in LA. It was in Topanga Canyon and it was so beautiful. We're sitting in a cafe outside and with the backdrop of the mountains and the trees and I just felt like Tulsi just blended with nature like she's so connected to the earth and the planets and just absolutely incredible so I'm very excited for this conversation I think it can be very very insightful and I can't wait to dive in so let's get started I'm so excited, Tulsi, that you're here with me on this uh, podcast episode. Welcome. And I have to tell you that the very first time we met, like right away, I had this thought in my head, even though I didn't have the podcast yet, I was like, okay, I have to have Tulsi as my guest on my podcast. So I'm so happy that we're here. <laughs> Welcome so much. How are you, Tulsi? How are you doing today? I'm doing so well. Thank you. And it's it's just such an incredible honor to be here with you. Thank you. Thank you so much. So we actually, I was trying to uh, think about when we met the first time and it was a Halloween gathering at the mutual friend last year. And we didn't get much of uh, interaction there, but my friend told me about kind of like what you do. And I heard from several people there who had a reading with you that you are a Vedic astrologer. And I was so like, wow, what is that? Because I, of course, heard about astrology and I'm such a big fan of, you know, having my chart read and, and you know, having all those experiences. But Vedic astrology was kind of new to me. But, he, you know, he couldn't recommend you highly enough. So 
I dived in and I did have this session with you at the beginning of this year and it was absolutely incredible. But before I kind of share how my experience was, I would love for you to just talk a little bit about what, what is that you actually do? What does Vedic astrology really mean? <laughs> what, a, what a fantastic question. So Vedic astrology is the sister science to yoga and Ayurveda. It comes from a vast body of knowledge from ancient India known as the Vedas. And they say that Vedic astrology or Jyotish, Jyoti means light and Ish means the embodiment of light, is the eyes of the Veda. It's that all-knowing aspect of knowledge where we can take past, present, and future and glimpse and shine light on what is. Wow, that's incredible. And how would you say, how is that different from like a Western astrology, right? Where people typically, you know, learn like where were the planets at the exact time when they were born and how that affects their life, right? We can like learn different traits of our character and all that. So how is the Vedic astrology different than the Western astrology? Another great question. So my understanding of Western astrology is in the first century, Ptolemy decided to make uh, astrology very accessible and chose zero degrees Aries to be the vernal equinox, which is March 21st. And at the same time, the actual fixed position of the stars in the sky or the constellations was the same degree. However, this isn't eternally true because that 21st of March, every 72 years moves one degree away from zero degrees Aries. So we currently find, we call the Ayanamsha or the gap between the two systems at about 23 or 24 degrees. And so one of the basic fundamental differences is any planet that's over 20, three or 24 degrees, yeah, any planet that's over that stays within that sign. Any planet that's under 23 or 24 degrees actually moves to the sign before. Ah, okay, so there's quite a shift. So there's that shift, as well as in Western astrology, we're focusing on the 12 signs within the zodiac. And in Indian astrology, we're also using that same system. However, we're going to a deeper calculation of 27 constellations, uh, which we call lunar mansions or nakshatras, making each sign a little more specific. And so instead of saying moon in Aries, we, we can focus on that, but two people with moon in Aries may not think and act quite the same. And so we break it down into these nakshatras and there's about two and a half nakshatras per sign making the 27 signs and not to confuse us even more within that there's also four more options making the number 108 so we have this very big variable Mm, wow that's that's incredible and i have to say that that's what i kind of experienced during the session that it was so in-depth, it was crazy as you were 
you know, talking based of my place of birth, right? And my date of birth, like I didn't share anything about me and we didn't really know each other, you know, hardly at all. And you were talking and I was like, wow, she knows me like at the very deep level. And I'm like, how is that possible, right? So I could definitely get that sense that the depth of, of the knowledge, it's just like absolutely incredible. That was so insightful, yeah. I'm happy that was your experience. And we do use the same, the rising, the moon and the sun, just a slightly different perspective and on a different layer. I guess we could say, say we're really looking at kind of the alchemy, you know, all these planets at the time of your birth being fixed in a, in a birth chart are really singing your song or sharing your story, which is this roadmap. And this roadmap is going to unfold about in the way that you interact and engage with it. Ah, beautiful. Yes. Talk about free will and we can talk about determinism. And yes, there's certain karma. You're born with brown eyes. That's not going to change. You might put in contacts, but you're born to a certain family in a certain place and the physical body has certain karma. Absolutely. So like, what would you say typically um, a session like a, you know, astrology, Vedic astrology reading, what could help, like what could give a person, right? So like for me personally, what I felt like I got a lot of validation of where I was in my life cycle. And that was quite mind-blowing how you were able to exactly tell me by month and year when the cycle is, you know, when the cycle started, right? And what's going on? And I'm like, wow, it was like almost exact. So that was incredible, like knowing what's going the cycle, what I should expect, you know, what are the lessons, what I should be doing to like utilizing the time, right? And then the second big thing, I got like a, a deeper understanding of like really me as a, as a soul where, you know, it was like a validation, right? Where I felt like, you know, sometimes I have those different emotions and feeling and thoughts and, you know, it, they seem so strange sometimes when I'm like, what's wrong with me almost to the point because, you know, I'm searching for such a maybe different things than other people. And you were like, when you were talking about me as a soul and as a being and like what's the purpose in my life, why I'm here and what I should be doing, it was like, wow, this is like at a deeper level. I knew that that was true. So those were like two big ones for me. But what would you say? If you want, you know, share a little bit, if somebody is like, oh, this, this sounds interesting, like I could have a session, but what, what would I get out of it, right? Well, I absolutely do want to second that validation because I believe in a, in a way a great astrologer may not tell you something new that you don't already know as much as validate saying, oh, you, you are on the right path, keep going. However, this is the, the weather that you're going to experience along the way. Right? So there's certain times in the Indian system, we say to make hay while the sun shines, right? So what we can do is we can shine light on what wants to be tended to and grown in this moment. And such a way we can meet with a little more ease and grace less resistance and more joy, as well as averting any danger that has yet to come. 
not using danger as a negative <laughs> word, but it's, oh, you know, your digestion could be a little sensitive along this time. Make sure to eat your biggest meal around noon. And, or, hey, you know, there is some vulnerability with driving right now. Not saying don't drive, just really don't text, listen to music, and talk on the phone. And so it's really keeping it in a positive aspect, but also acknowledging what there is, right? There's no mood making. It's important to really talk about what's right for the individual. I love that. And I remember when we had the session together, it was kind of in the middle of a two, two and a half months off, which I took from work. And I kind of felt like, what am I doing, right? But I felt like called so strongly to take that time off and cancel the trips, not schedule any work trips. And part of me is like, oh, that's crazy. I mean, why am I doing this? But yet that inner voice was telling me, I just need that time. I don't know for what, but I feel like I need to have time for me whatever that means. And I was in the middle of that time kind of enjoying myself, but also slightly feeling guilty. And you are exactly one of those huge messages was that, you know, you need to cultivate self-care and self-nurturing. That's how you can take the best care of yourself. So you can, you know, kind of do all those things and be the best version of yourself for others, right? And I was, oh, thank you. You know, it was like, you know, huge weight of my shoulders because I felt like, you know how it is in our world, uh, you know, everybody's so busy. It almost feels like busy is good, right? It's good to work 80 hours a week and not have time for anything. And I felt like, I don't know, I just want to wake up, meditate, go for a walk, do yoga and, and journal, right? So it's easy to feel like you know, I'm not doing enough, right? Or am I, am I wasting time? So thank you for that beautiful validation. That's exactly what I needed to be like, okay, this is for me, right? It's, it serves a purpose. I'm really curious about like a little bit of your background because it's such a, you know, intriguing thing you do in life. If you can just like share a little bit of your story, like how did it all started for you? I'd be l delighted to. So I was born into a family of yogis. Both of my parents are meditation teachers. I'm a fourth generation practitioner of transcendental meditation. I kind of came out of the womb doing yoga and meditation and kind of was surrounded in, in an atmosphere of, of mantras and yogic lifestyle and a community that really nurtured that. As well as my father is a Vedic astrologer as well. And one of my first memories really is watching him make charts by hand. And he also was one of those first people to have laptops in the 80s since he worked so much internationally and had many clients. But he had these little stamps of each of the symbols of the planets and he would make the charts and I would just be so fascinated. And he would always show me the stars and tell me the stories of the constellations and the mythology. So there was truly a seed that was planted at a young age to glimpse beyond this world and look to the cosmos for answers. And my whole life, I was very passionate about it. But probably in college, I was studying Vedic science, which was 
really the, the synthesis of yoga and meditation and Vedic philosophy. And so I was in this community of, of truth seekers. And I don't even know how it started, but people would start asking me, hey, oh, would you look at my chart? You know, we'd get lunch or having coffee and usually friends and just word would kind of spread. And I just would just look at so many charts and found myself looking at books and just really learning through experience of, oh, okay, that's what that looks like. And then maybe a decade ago, I said, wow, that I love this so much. And so I started actually paying and taking courses and saying, maybe I should, you know, ask people to buy me lunch if I'm going to look at their charts to donations to people kind of begging me oh please teach workshops to only in the past couple years have decided that there was a title that I didn't feel as if I completely embodied because to me a Vedic astrologer is someone who studied for lifetimes and perhaps 50 years and a 10th generation, you know, thread of knowledge. And so I didn't quite feel ready to step into those shoes, into a title. And somehow nature just unfolded the story for me. So it, it's, it's something that I didn't really have any agenda around. It kind of unfolded for me. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's incredible. And and I have to say, you know, when we met in person, it was like, I could just feel that energy from you of like, you just like embodied, you know, that, you know, like a different connection to consciousness and to, and to planet Earth, you know, it was, it was so beautiful. It was very inspiring. And you do a lot of like yoga as well, right? Yoga, meditation, you, you teach that as well? I do. Yes. I, I teach many different styles of yoga. Uh, I teach meditation, breath work, and transcendental meditation in specific. Wow, that's amazing. And what would you say for somebody who is like just beginning, right? Beginning their journey into like self-exploration and going past, you know, our material world and just kind of following blindly, right? the day-to-day life and the society when they feel like, okay, it's time for, you know, asking those deeper questions and understanding who they are and, you know, finding a greater purpose in life. Because I feel like, you know, no matter where we are on our life path, there comes a time, right? Probably not only once, but there comes a time when something happens in our life, when we're called to stop everything and ask those big questions. And I know myself as well, it can be quite overwhelming to like, which direction to go, right? It can feel very lonely. So as a practitioner of so many different modalities, what would you like recommend for a person like that who is looking to begin a journey within, right? Maybe starting like a spiritual practice. Where should I they start so they don't feel like, you know, overwhelmed? Well, I might be biased. However, transcendental meditation has worked for me. I've been doing it for 30 years. I learned it at four years old. And it's extremely simple and effortless and is really a practice that happens due to nature, as well as it's very scientific in its approach and has many scientific benefits that have been validated. And so I would say learning that practice is something 
that you can do twice a day for 20 minutes that's like a light switch. It just we turn off the light of the world and we awaken into the inner light in a very systematic way. And it's this two-stroke practice where we're releasing deep-rooted stress and strain, but we're also awakening to our own hidden brilliance that's inside. And so when we come out of this meditation, we have this broaden perspective this energy creativity and inspiration and for me that's been my most con consistent connection with divinity or with myself or pure consciousness you know I do so many things but I think the first thing is the experience of the self the mind identifies with whatever it's putting its attention on and when we're putting our attention on the relative it's rising the mind rises and falls like the relative whose only guarantee is ever changing and so if we can consistently find a way for the mind to become immersed in the non-changing then that becomes a consistent experience for us and we have that steadiness and stability in the rise and fall of the the relative world yeah that's amazing and do you specifically teach that type of meditation is that something you offer people if they want to learn absolutely I, i've been teaching it for 15 years now Perfect. So we'll make sure we'll share all your contact info and your website and everything for anybody who would like to, you know, learn more and, and try that from the self. Because, yeah, I think it's like by now everybody heard about the incredible benefits of meditation, right? But the same, at the same time, in an essence, I feel like it's so simple, right? It's the journey within and it's really, you know, you can do it anywhere, anytime. But yet I still feel like there is this mystical veil around it and you always hear oh I can't meditate or I don't know how so I love that that you're actually sharing that knowledge with people so people can actually learn and you know get empowered and that's one of the things you know which meditation breath work and those modalities are so amazing because it's like the answers are inside you right absolutely yeah that that's amazing Great. I want to talk a little bit about karma because you, you briefly touched on karma and that's another thing, you know, it's like we often say, oh, you know, this must be my car, my karma, right? I've been in a car accident the third time this month or whatever it is. So we use that word a lot, but what does that really mean and how we can like get more empowered by understanding what karma is and not feeling like, oh, like we're just a victim to you know, maybe what we did in a past life, if we believe in that, right? Yeah, so if we hypothetically get on a page that we do believe in reincarnation, yes, we could say that all of our thought, speech, and action is in this accumulated mountain of karma called sonship karma. We couldn't incarnate with all of that karma or else we wouldn't last very long. Right? Life would be overwhelming because karma is, is as we sow, so shall we reap. So eat, whether it's good or bad, and karma is really beyond good and bad, it would just be overwhelming to experience all of our past karmas in one lifetime. Yes, that makes sense. So with Vedic astrology in specific, right? Vedic astrology brings this validation, verification, and permission to come as we are. Right. And so 
this blueprint or the birth chart is the sum total of all the karma from this mountain of karma that's become ripe for us to experience in this life. Yes. This is called the Prabdha karma. It's as if this life is a journey and the birth chart is that suitcase of karmas we've taken along for this ride. Yes. They say whether we live just in the womb, we take a breath, only one breath, or live 120 years, which is this life cycle span that they say is the human capacity that, we, that we're here to, to um, exhaust. Yes. We play out all of those karmas in our birth chart. However, again, it's beyond good and bad. And so we can play it out from the lower end, from the higher end. We can play it out with joy, with focus, with struggle. And so this is where free will comes in. They say we're born with about 80% bound by these physical planets, by these karmas. And that 20% is this free will. But as we align with divinity, as we transcend and tap into our spiritual practices, we begin to learn how to exercise that free will. And so as we evolve, they say in enlightenment, that cliche, you know, enlightenment, where that we have yes. about 80% free will, but since we have a body, we still have about 20% bound by that chart. And this isn't the final word. This is if we're just playing along with this, this philosophy, you know, as some idea, some explanation. And so as we exercise our free will, we can take something that is two-sided and play out the very high level of that karma. I remember when I was a kid, seeing my dad look at someone's chart who was a relative and, and she was this brilliant is this brilliant woman i would just look up to her just in awe anything she touched she would master from mathematics to sports to dancing to singing i mean everything and he said that she when she grows up she'll either be the first woman president of the u.s or an axe murderer and not that she's really going to be an axe murderer, but that the contrast is she's given this allotment and what is she going to do with that? And so the greatness that we have inside, we get to choose how to exercise that, how to turn a bunch of notes into a melody in a song that's inexperienced as our life. And so we have this karma of this birth chart that's bound, but then... We have Kriyaman karma, which is the motions of the planets as they're interacting with us in this very moment. We just had the new moon, and the new moon sets the flavor for the month to come. So as we have this cycle that everyone's experiencing, and then the individual experience, it's all interacting and, and starting to weave together a more complete story. Wow. That's so beautiful, you know, I feel like that is so empowering, you know, that we, we know that we, we get those seeds and how we, how we nurture them and how we water them, right? We have that free will, what are we going to make out of our life? 
That's just incredible. And with the cycle of the moon, I was listening to our session and I wrote this quote, which is, seems so poetic, but it kind of just touched on that. And I love it. And you said that the most consistent thing in your life is the ever-changing cycle of the moon. And it's just so beautiful. And you gave me that advice to kind of journal how I feel starting, you know, at the, maybe a new moon, right? Uh, the cycle that, and that I will notice that I will feel very similar in the following months to kind of learn how I feel in regards to that cycle. So I thought that was such a great practical advice. And I'm on my second month journaling that so I need a little more data right <laughs> but that was incredible so would you advise that to people in general so they kind of like get more in tune with with how they resonate with the cycle of the moon well so that's a brilliant question and that's where some things can be ge not generic but you know taken for everyone like for instance, the, the flavors of this new moon has a certain flavor that's true for everyone, even though we're experiencing it through a different lens. However, that piece of wisdom that I shared with you is very specific for you. Ah, <laughs> and so okay. I'm, I'm very impressed that you're, you've taken it to heart and that you're, I did. you're noticing and you're analyzing and you're synthesizing this experience. Yes, great. Yeah, I and I just love that quote or that saying you said is just so beautiful. I love that. So thank you for for that. So Tulsi, tell me because you do so so many things, right? So if people would want to work with you and get more guidance on several things, like where they can like find you on the internet and what are the offerings and you know, you are in Topanga Canyon, right? Which is close to Malibu. But if they are not in LA, like what options do they have to kind of, you know, get in touch with you to kind of get a piece of your wisdom? Thank you for that. So my, my website, and I can give you links to, to add into your podcast, is tulsibagnoli.com. I also have a link tree account and on Instagram it's the same thing at Tulsi Bagnoli and I do offer sessions in person in Topanga Canyon and throughout LA I also work with Zoom and Skype and FaceTime and phone call sessions uh, specifically during this time that we're we're currently a mist and I offer my my main offering is Vedic astrology consultations I do one and one and a half hour constellation consultations I also do compatibility readings as well as follow-up sessions sometimes people may just want to listen and may not take notes or they want to review their notes or uh, they complete a cycle or find their way at a, into a crossroad and they want to just do a, a half hour follow-up. I do follow-up sessions as well as I do private and group meditation, yoga, and breathwork sessions. And I write all about those specifically on my website. Wow, that's absolutely amazing. So you offer so many beautiful modalities and I have to say that's just yeah, I love them. Through the years, I kind of got introduced to some of them and they just make such a huge difference in your life. And so I'm so grateful, you know, that you're offering those to people. And um, 
And what would you say when people come to you for a session, like going back to the Vedic astrology session, what do they like ask for? Are they more interested in like overall, like the purpose of life or do they have like specific, like how specific answers can they get from, from a session? Well, answers can be extremely specific. However, it's interesting. Usually I save questions for the end and usually there's never a question <laughs> by, the, by the end because the story, you know, I spend quite a bit of time. I just love research. I love what I do. I'm very passionate about glimpsing into the in individual's life and life cycles. And I just, I really want to offer my wisdom in such, such a way I'm contributing and uplifting everyone involved in that person's life. And so the story somehow, you know, I prepare deeply and then I just let it all go. And I'm just open to the story that wants to be told. And so I'm open to signs from nature, from the individual. Sometimes I'll prepare a whole chart and then not even cover any of that. It just takes a whole different trajectory and somehow it's perfect. And every once in a while, I'd say one out of every 10 readings, they come and say, oh, I'm, you know, I'm about to you know, embark on this journey, or I'm, I'm trying to decide between two paths, if I should study psychology or go to India and do this. And, and so then we do cover that. Sometimes it's very specific, like, yes, much better to wait for education until after September, or, oh, you're in this window, go for it. And other times, it's fascinating. Some the people, it's usually the people who are really gripping for me to guide them on their way. Um, it's nature's like, they're not going to get away with that. <laughs> you know, I, I really like people to be self-referral. I am here to shine light, but I'm not here to like open the door and push you through it. <laughs> so sometimes it's very, you know, one time this 20 year old came and I just kept looking at education and travel and she sat down and I just kept looking at her and and I saw a hawk in the sky in a specific direction and the color she was wearing. I just sat there in silence and just kind of took a deep breath and, I'm, and said, are you in a relationship? And she said, yes. I said, I feel like you're about to get married. Wow. And she goes, we're eloping next week. <laughs> wow. And so sometimes it's things just come out of nowhere if, if you're really listening and available. And, and so that's, that's really exciting too. to, and she, and to have her say, oh, that's, that's really why I came here, you know, but she didn't even tell me that, you know, and I'm here thinking, oh, it's, this is going to be about education and business. And so it's fun to get surprised. Oh, absolutely. And I remember I had you know, few of those moments when you said something so specific and I'm like, oh my goodness, that was exactly what I wanted to ask you about because this and that. I was like, that's why I felt like, you know, the, the knowledge was so deep. Like you just knew me at the level like nobody else, you know, do because I don't always share with all those things, you know, which are going inside me. So it was, that was really incredible. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Wow. What an interesting work you do in this life, right? <laughs> I feel so grateful to have been handed this light to pass on. I, I don't know how I would have ever found it on my own. I, I, I feel very grateful to my family. 
Yes, absolutely. It was just meant to be. Wonderful. So I, I know there are so many other things we could talk about, and I'm sure we'll get to do that maybe in the future. But for now, I really want to thank you so much for giving me the time and, and talking about all those interesting topics. And, you know, from my perspective, like, you know, I found your session so incredibly valuable. So I recommend to any of you listening, if you're kind of intrigued and you feel like there are some deeper things you would like to get some guidance and a different perspective on to to check out Tulsi's website and kind of see her offerings and connect with her because, you know, there's so much what she can offer. So again, Tulsi, thank you so much. And I definitely hope we get a chance to talk again. Mm, thank you, Agnes. It's been such a joy and pleasure spending time with you and indulging in this the beautiful conversation. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to Awaken Your Soul. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I would love for you to subscribe, share it with your friends or review it. Can't wait to connect next time. And in the meantime, you can check my website at lifewithagnes.com.